Yes, hello. I am James Rowland, and today it's the WNR 493's AEW Wrestle Dream. I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team up first by my side for every WWE W show. It is the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How's it going? Hello, hello. It's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> Everything's going well, thank you. Well, I should say, first and foremost, happy anniversary, darling. Can you believe it's been three years we've been doing this now? Honestly, it feels like it's been a little bit longer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, but three years has flown by, so it's been great. And here's to another three. Yeah, without that. And also, can I just, I know I was just thinking about this pre-show, but have I missed birthdays here? Like, because I'm pretty sure... It, it was, obviously, as we know, like, I'm pretty sure it's been your birthday recently. Am I wrong? No, you are right. Uh, it was our birthday on Monday. This one. So I completely missed both your but I do apologise. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I honestly didn't know. Uh, how was your 40th anyway, Jaxie? Was it right? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're way off there. That's just, um, you, you cheeky know. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gina. I mean, Gina doesn't ask. <laughs> 22 but i mean hey, Jax, yes. hey. listen there was only seven minutes difference between us so don't even go ahead and say that i look years older <laughs> um no it was a really fun day my sister and i got to spend it together and we had a really really great time so thank you and yes thanks for the birthday love we did keep it silent for a while so you should i don't i doubt you would have known unless we actually told you no, I don't, no, usually we don't make like a big thing about birthdays and of course we, you know, presents to each other and all that. We shouldn't really do. Uh, my birthday's the end of the month, by the way. Uh, up next <laughs> is our resident NXT expert and New Japan deity. It is Monty. How's it going, man? It's going. It's going. It's going. That, that's how it's going. No, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Happy to be back uh, once again. Feel like I'm here every week now, so this is it's becoming part of the schedule at this point of, can, of my life. I like, can it's see. just so much rest. <laughs> yeah, I can hear in your voice when Jaxie's like, "Oh, it's nice after a little break." You're like, "What break?" You know, <laughs> right? What do you mean break? What are you talking about? What is break? Define that, please. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, I'm doing good. I'm here. Uh, I'm happy to be back. Uh, like you said, I am a new Japan. You know, deity. So you know, to see that this is uh, this is not really a joint show, but it was kind. You know, we it was enough representation of my guys here for me to I guess say that that this is uh, you know a little bit of AEW and New Japan event. So you know, it was always cool to see to uh, to to experience this relationship that they seem to have because it seemed like it's only growing from the Forbidden Doors to now we may have multiple shows a year. With uh, you know, cooperation. So I'm happy to talk about this. Yeah, that shadow over there. And last, but by no means least, Wow Fang, you make my heart sing. You make everything groovy. <laughs> wow Fang, Wow Fang, I think I love you, but I wanna know for sure. Come on, oh, baby. I love you. Monty.
fucking loving this, right? Shut up. Wow, thing. <laughs> Everybody, you make my heart sing. I'm going to get sued. No, I'm not singing it. It's a parody. Uh, the WNR's own wild thing before I get too carried away. It is, of course. Gina, how's it going? <laughs> that was one of my favorites, I think. Hey, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> Do you know what? Every week, my plan is for you to say that's one of my favorites. You've done it now for the past few, and I'm going, Do you know what? It's going to go off a cliff one day. There'll be one you just be like, <laughs> I hated it. But at the moment, you I'm just like, hate, Okay, bro, stop. Please. Stop. <laughs> yes. I'm begging you. Monty is just waiting for the day. Yeah, it's not going to happen, Monty. Not never. All right. Yeah, let's pick, people actually like that. It's one of the things that I do, people like. So that's not going anywhere. I'll start singing you in soon if you're not. <laughs> if you're not happy. Oh, well, don't, well, because that would definitely be declarations of love. Well, this is the problem. I can't, do, I can't sing Monty <laughs> on when it's just me and him because it said it gets really weird. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> you know, like, we, we don't want that. But, oh, um, no. Torture. Yes. Anyway, talk about the show. What a show we have with Wrestle Dream. But before, let's catch up with AEW because we had a few things on the road to Wrestle Dream with like the Righteous beating the Hardys on Collision. Remember the Hardys <laughs> used to mean anything. Uh, Grand Slam, September 20th. Eddie Kingston is the new Ring of Honor world champion. He beat Claudio in the title versus title match. Uh, what a moment for the Mad King. Respect after as well. Jaxie. I mean, this was quite a moment. We've been wanting Eddie to have his, you know, time in the sun. And it looks like it's come. Yeah, um, what a match. It was such a great match. Uh, just watching these two fight, I could actually watch them. I sit a whole series of matches between these two. Uh, it was just great. It was electrifying to watch. Um, they, they just had that constant back and forth. Um, you could see the chemistry there between them. You could see that there is, like, you know, a, a, a lot of person personality that went into this match it, it meant something to both of them so I think like it really drew the fans in like from a personal level too but ultimately it was a great match as you said everyone's been itching for for Eddie to win gold um, and you know I think that this was the perfect match to do to know that we didn't actually have this match on a pay-per-view it was actually a bit yeah. <laughs> uh, like, so we were blessed with that the- you know um, so yeah, thank you for giving us a match like that. It it really is a you know sort of match of the year candidate in my opinion. With um, not just like the intensity of the ma- the match, but what you know we were seeing from both Eddie and Claudio at this point, it was great. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, Ring of Honor, you know, got pay per view coming up, or have they? But that'd be a perfect match for it. Instead, we take on Dynamite. Yeah. I don't mind. Uh, we also I mean, saw yeah, oh, event. <laughs> We also saw Chris Jericho beat Sammy Guevara. Um, and afterwards, we get a replay of WrestleMania 19 with Sammy Lowe blowing Jericho, Don Callis arriving and walking off with his newest member. But credit to the attires, though. Uh, much like Claudio's and Eddie's, Monty. Do you know, like, at least whoever's the seamstress at the moment is doing quite a good job. That's what you noticed. <laughs> It's true. Like, Jericho was all the... Michael's colours. Sammy had Jericho right. colours for WrestleMania 19. Yeah. Obviously, no, Claudio nice... and, um, you know. Yeah, no, it was a nice callback. I agree. It was very, very, very cool. Uh, I didn't, but again, from the details, like, I just, I didn't even really pay attention to that detail. I just, uh, but I will say this. 
I don't. I did love the execution of the turn, or if you want to call it a turn, because I don't really know what Sammy was leading up into these. I mean, I guess he was a baby face, but uh, yeah, you know, I don't really know how you want to. If if, that, if faces and heels even matter in AEW, sometimes at this point, I guess you know why do we even care? But uh, it was really, really, it was really well done. Like you said, nice call back. I loved it, you know, and especially since I just recently watched that Mania. Now I must say. Uh, Jericho and Michaels at WrestleMania's match was way better, but hey, this this was really cool. I have no problem with it. I like kind of passing the torch, you know, in a, in a sense. Uh, even though uh, Jericho still wins, you still get you get the the rub. But what I don't really care about, in my opinion, uh, is just the the the, the callous association. I don't think that was necessary. Sammy could have went on and they could have did their own thing, kind of without it. But I, it makes sense. When you know that he still had unfinished business with Callis, it's just you know Don Callis is everywhere. And, you know, getting I'm getting Callis fatigue at this point, but we'll 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 save that for later. <laughs> yeah, I like the outfits. Uh, AEW International <laughs> Championship, Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley. I mean, come on, AEW. This was like you know Mox with concussions. Like shit, we rely on him the most. Now he's injured. What do we do? Uh, Phoenix has become the champion. Uh, and it really annoyed me as well when Mox hit a stomp, they sang Rollins' song. And there's always someone, Gina, I don't know if you noticed this as well, who's dressed like LA Knight at an AEW show at this moment. Like, what the fuck is that about? Is, is WWE paying <laughs> someone? Like, what? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I really wouldn't. Um, like, I, I can see Vince being a bit a little bitch still and being like, nah, I'm still sending someone in there to just ruin it. But I, I do agree with you. I think it's poor taste that they started singing Rollins' song. Like, we all can acknowledge that for all their separate platforms. And yes, they're, you know, rivals, but I don't think it's fair for the actual wrestlers themselves to be having, you know, other wrestling association um, music being sung out. I just think it's a bit disrespectful for the people who are putting on this show for you live, you know? So, um, yeah, I thought that was quite poor taste. Yeah. And again, another title change and the international title, like Orange Cassidy's run now seems like a long time ago, you know, <laughs> because already it's like, yeah, Mox has <laughs> lost it. And now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope Phoenix keeps it for a long time because I don't want this championship to just seem like a, a, a wrestling bike. He keeps getting injured. Like, stop it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the thing is, they've given it to another person who's very injury prone. <laughs> so I'm just like, for fuck's sake, yeah. choose someone stable, please. Jeff <laughs> Jeff Hardy will be the next champion. That's oh, my God. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, speaking of titles, though, Soraya put her on the line against Tony Storm, who at the moment is probably one of the most entertaining things, oh, definitely one of the most entertaining things on AEW. Uh, we see both a lot of tomfoolery here with the champion managing to get the win. Uh, speaking again of champions, Jeff put his well salt on the line against Samoa Joe uh, and Adam Cole, who, again, I'm not saying AEW are jinxed at this moment in time, but Adam Cole... Something's is, going on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> jumping off the beach and... <laughs> Like, what the fuck, Jaxie? You know what I mean? Like, but how <laughs> just break your like it ankle? Wasn't even in the ring. It wasn't even in the ring. It was just jumping from the ramp to the floor, and he blew his ankle. Like, are, can't catch like, a break. Bro. Yeah, is it? Are, are they cursed? 
what what's going on seriously uh, it is it is unbelievable it's wounding, it's wounding. yes yeah see what happens next when you know just someone walks down and like the entrance ramp just collapses or <laughs> like the screen falls the curse of punk yes. <laughs> he's up in the rafters really with a mask on just looking down <laughs> like one crazed fan who just comes and just like takes someone out whilst they're coming out in their entrance and like actually injures them i can already see it happening yeah, yeah. Um, who gives a who gives a fuck about Ring of Honor six man tag team titles? No one apparently, uh, because <sighs> Adam Page, Nick and Matt Jackson won, but Page is still a loser. You know, and we we'll get onto that in a little bit. It's like you're a champion, mate. You know, chin up a little bit. It's been worse. Uh, we had the TNT title on the line on Collision with Luke Swords versus Allen versus Christian, and Christian getting the win. Uh, Luchasaurus is very understanding. And I, I don't know, but again, I think this is. I mean, honestly, this is. Right. Was like very, that was a very like polite way of putting it, rather than me just actually saying what is really the truth, which is Luchasaurus is a mug. <laughs> well, I didn't want to yeah. say it. Yeah. You know, like idiot. <laughs> hey, you. I always... don't understand why he's still hanging around with him. He's, it's like he's what? brought his girlfriend and his mate's gone off with her and he's like, well done. Well done, mate. Yeah, no, she's right, she is. Go on. Yeah. You know I mean? like... yeah. yeah. <laughs> just an idiot. There's, yeah. there's no way, no other way to explain it. He comes off as kind of, you know, not all there. Let's say it that way. Bitch. <laughs> he's Christian's whips little bitch. <laughs> And it don't it doesn't make any sense. Like the way he looks make it worse because he looks like he could tear Christian apart in five seconds. But he's just fine with and like especially you said. where where Luchasaurus came from, from being in this popular tag team with Jack Perry and then going to a whipped bitch. Yeah. It's just like the question marks that just keep raising here. Well don't forget about the mental scars from the fire as a child. So I think that's oh, why he wears a mask. Sure? I don't, I don't the know. Right, right is that the right oh, okay. one? No, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something to do with that. Why he's not standing up to Christian, we don't know. Uh, Will Ospreay was going to team with Sammy Guevara and Takeshita, take on Omega, Ibushi and Jericho. Jay White beat Andrade. And in the main event, Danielson beat Ricky Starks again. That's all I'm going to say, Gene. I'm going to move on quickly. Uh, on Dynamite, Jay White and MGF went face-to-face. Uh, Monty, this must be a moment for you. You know, like me at the moment with like Ilya Dragunov as NXT champion. For Jay White to show what he can do on the mic and stand face face with him, Jeff, and people to actually go, oh shit, he's quite good. And he's taller, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's awesome that Jay White is, like you said, in this position. Like, again, I just kind of always heart back on a lot of people counting that just assuming that AEW would throw him to the wayside or not use him correctly and to just think about how important he felt like you said in this situation or how important he feels now entering a few with uh some like max and also to me again i'm I probably gonna say this, i'm gonna say this again later when his uh when his championship match we talk about later happens but uh you know just it also just highlights max to me because if you told me this a year ago, thinking about the villain that Jay White has always been and who Max has been, when you told me a year ago, you know, you could make a match between these two and Max would be the face or something like that, you, you, I would laugh in your face because both of these guys are, you know, 
grade A a hole, but Max has found a way to continue to still be an a hole, but also just have the fans completely on his side. So it's just amazing when I think about that too. But you're 100 right. Looking at Jay White and watching how far he's come and just how well so far AW has done with presenting him. Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm very optimistic for the future for Jay White and the club. You know, to be honest, I think they're all knocking it out of the park now that they've kind of settled into their roles. Yeah, without doubt. Uh, we saw Adam Page sign their contract. It was better than the NXT's one. And the show ended with Jay White being jumped and attacked by unknown assailants in MJF Devil Masks. Who knows? Anyway, move on. Ooh, okay, yeah, you know. Anyway, October 1st, Wrestle Dream. We're going to start with Zero Hour with Tony Khan. Welcome us to the show from inside the ring with Anoki's grandsons, who I thought he had hostage at one point, but he didn't. They were there on their own accord. <laughs> I'm glad they told me, otherwise I would have, you know. Uh, we saw Rocky Romero and Katsuya Shibata, who looked happy. They celebrated the life of Noki for a video package paying tribute to the legendary wrestler. Um, yeah, it was nice. And then the first bout was a mixed eight-person mixed tag team match with Moriarty, Taylor, Martinez and Domente taking on Stark, Safina, Lee and Kojima. The finish saw Kojima now Moriarty with a spinning forearm for the win. This was fine for what it was. Um... We'll go around and get five we'll get scores for this one. So quickly, Jaxi, the opening match, which was the eight-man mixed tag match. Um, the eight-man mixed tag. Yeah. Uh, the Athena Keith Lee one. Yeah, the one where I went. Oh, is that yeah. where Moriarty is now? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Again... This match, like again, was uh, did everything it needed to in terms of fan service for like the zero hour and just sort of getting the, the crowd warmed up. Um, it was quite nice to see. Again, I don't get a chance to catch up with Ring of Honor, so I'm always going to be happy to see Athena, even if it is on the zero hour show. Um, it was nice to see her teaming with Keith Lee. So I'm guessing she's become a heel, a, a face now, because she was a heel, but. I mean, pre the the last previous pay per view, she was like sort of on the uh, heel team, wasn't she? So, yeah, um, yeah that was a bit. We of a don't shock. know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so, you know, it took me a second to go. Oh, okay, she's a face now. Just needed to catch up with that sort of thing, but it did what it needed to do. So, if we're doing it out of five, like it wasn't like amazing. So it's like three out of five would be fine. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Monty out of five. Yeah, man, three stars is right where it belongs. It was good to see Kojima. Always great to see him in America or just doing his thing. Absolute legend. And you you were wondering, oh, wow, this is what Moriarty was doing. So I was like, whoa, hey, nice to see you, Keith Lee. It's been a while. Haven't, you know, I uh, wanted nice to make to it see a short you. podcast, so I don't want to go into <laughs> Keith Lee, but we will we will go down yeah. But it's like, yeah, what the fuck? He was the next he yeah, was a chosen nice to see one, you. you know, in WWE. Beat Randy Orton in 10 minutes and then... Yeah, and him and Swerve, man, opposite yeah. directions, opposite directions. But yeah, that's it. That's it was solid. Three maybe, stars. Fun. Maybe it's like the other way, like the yin and yang. Like for Swerve to be AW World Champ, Keith Lee needs to be on. Like, Keith Lee has to TV. fall, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up. But hey, you know, I, I guess we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, we, maybe it's too early to give up. Maybe it's too early. Let's let's hope for the best. We've one. got another thirteen matches. Don't worry, uh, Gene. <laughs> out of <Yeah>. five. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll give it same three. It did what it needed to do. Good yeah. opener and just a little warm-up. 
Yeah, we're out of doubt. Uh, three for me. We Next, we had John Moxley accompanying Claudio Castanoli to the ring for his match against Josh Barnett. He gave great insight and commentary when he wasn't swearing. Uh, and the men gave a very cool match. Claudio won with a pin and got the nod of respect from Barnett after it was over. Uh, again, this was fine. Monty, what's your score out of five and faults? Yeah, man, I'm just one of those guys who've only seen a handful of Josh Barnett in this setting. Like, I've seen him do MMA back in the day and stuff. So it was kind of – it was interesting for me as someone who have who knows he loves wrestling and, you know, blood sport and all that. I know about it. I just never watched it. So I have a problem with it, with seeing this. And winning that with a guy like Claudio, like, I thought they did good. I'd give it maybe three and a half. I didn't have a problem with it. It was solid. Yeah. Uh, Gina, score out of five. Yeah, I'll give it three and a half. Three and a half. Uh, Jaxie? Um, I'm just going to give it a three. And I'm going to give it three and a half as well. Can I say, I really enjoyed having John Moxie on commentary for that, though. Like, I was actually so in, more, uh, without taking anything away from the match, I actually was more invested in listening to what John Moxie was talking about on the commentary. He was just really entertaining. Yeah, Just wanted yeah. to point out. Yeah. No, no, he was really, really good. He kept uh, that going. We saw Wayne and Luchasaurus meet in the third match for the pre-show. Cage and Allen were not there, uh, so the 18-year-old was all alone against the living dinosaur. And guess what happened? It fucked him up. Uh, <laughs> of course. Huge blow to the back of the head. Um, this was a squash. Uh Gina, there's not much to say. So you just want to give me a score? I don't know. Like this is pretty much what's happening. Yes, yeah, three. I've had three. <laughs> that's being nice. That's actually being nice. That is. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, Jaxie. I'm sorry. Which match is this? I just didn't hear. <laughs> <laughs> or didn't care. Luchasaurus. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I knew this was going to be a squash match, though. So I'm, I like. I don't mean to be rude or anything but I just felt like this was really pointless so I'm going to give it a two and a half Ooh, see there you go uh, Monty what did you give it yeah two and a half actually nice it was a waste of time we being real but you know whatever I'm gonna give it three. two and a half I'm gonna give it three because I fucking hate Nick Wayne well I did hate him <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 we get the acclaimed daddy ass uh, defending the trio's title yo yo listen Yo, listen! Uh, the acclaimed to Daddy Alves defend the trio titles for the final pre-show match against TMDK. It's TMDK, Monty. Look, oh, look how good they are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Max, Max Kasser picked up the win for his team with a mic drop to uh, end the pre-show on a high note. My only question, why was Max wearing MJF top? Is that because here's all the stuff that's happening on like, the weird... Twitter exchanges, I assume. Yeah, yeah. that's what I... Only, well, I, only I, I missed I this. Please explain what's going on with that because I was so confused in a segment later on on AEW and I was like, wait, when did this, all this happen? So can you catch me up real quick? What, yeah. What's going on? Why well, is Max on, being Monty. a stalker? Go on. go on. Well, Max is... I mean, well, Max has been... Well, they're both Max, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's just confused me. Max, Max. <laughs> Max right. Right, yeah. Max Caster uh, has been like kind of flirting off and on with MJF for, for pretty much for years now, if you're just going off their Twitter. But it's just jokes for the most part. But now 
they seem to be taking the the route of uh, Max Caster stalking MJF. They just they're poking at it a little bit more. I don't know why they're going that route with it. I have no clue because like I'm just like you. The way the segment went was very very confusing out of nowhere, you know. But I don't know. Like if you pay attention to Max Caster's uh, Twitter over the years, he's always made jokes or flirting type of remarks towards MJF, and MJF always kind of blew him off. So I guess that's kind of where uh, this started, but yeah, it's not really much. Okay. It's not really much else other than that to grab hold to with this story. So I don't know where they're going. <laughs> I mean, I feel like MJF is it with like involved in various storylines right now. Do he give the a man a break <laughs> because there are several angles yeah. that we still haven't even covered for him yet, and it's yeah. like, okay, one thing at a time. <laughs> it's like his ward logo, not another one. Like, that's like 10 right. now. Come on. Come on. How many? MJF on his wrist. Yeah. like, okay, god damn it. Um, so anyway, scores Monty, score out of five for the last kickoff match. Or zero out. Sorry, I don't annoy AEW fans. Uh, yeah, three and a half. Three and a half. It was solid. It was great to see TMDK. I could be biased because I just love Shane and Mikey and, uh, you know, and uh, even Tito. I, li- I like yeah, Tito. So it was cool. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love seeing them in this spot. So it was cool to see them in the match with, uh, with uh, the claim. Like, you know, again, it's one of those things that you never really thought would happen or really think about. So it's like one of those dream matches that you never really dreamed about. So it's kind of cool. There's no problem with it. It, it. it ended up going how you would expect. That's the problem when you have these no build type of matches for a title. You knew what was going to happen, but it was still a fun ride. Yeah, without doubt. Gina out of five. Uh, yeah, I actually enjoyed this match a little bit more because um, I actually liked TMDK whenever I saw them on New Japan stuff. And again, I still feel myself very noob with New Japan side, but I am entertained by TMDK. So I actually did enjoy this match probably a bit more than some of the others on this card. So I'm actually going to give it three and three quarters. Perfect. Uh, Jaxley? Yeah, this is a decent one, but I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah, they're going to go at three and three quarters as well. But I haven't forgotten about predictions. Don't worry, just in case anybody wants to say. So, Prediction Leagues 2023. Before Russell Dream, we did have NXT No Mercy, which Monty and I did win. But Gina, you pushed us till the end. So, well done there, uh, Jaxie. Anyway, uh, so we're going to look at the predictions. I failed ever <laughs> That's all we need to say, okay? Let's move on. Let's move on. What can I say? We're going to talk uh, the leagues, of course. W Prediction League. Gina is in the lead with five. James and Monty on four. But we are going to give fast lane predictions, hopefully, in a bit. Uh, Jaxie is on one. Bonus League. Monty with that NXT win moves to 16. I'm on 15. Gina on 12. Jaxie on 11. But today it's AEW. And Jaxie, you are... Killing it in AEW at the moment. Four, uh, Monty yep. James on three, Gina on two. So good times, you know. The pressure is on though because this is the only thing going for me right now. So like the pressure is on. <laughs> well, good news, everybody. We all went four for four to start. Um, so that is good. As we start the main show. The crowd was sparse during zero hour. So let's hope it improves in the main show as MJF came out for his handicap match against the Righteous with both Ring of Honor titles over his shoulder. He gave a quick promo claiming he wasn't responsible for attacking Jay White on collision. He tried to slam Dutch uh, and that kind of 
became a side quest next to the main goal retaining the titles. Uh, obviously, with Adam Cole not being there, he finally did hit the slam. The crowd erupted. He also shoved Vince up uh, Dutch's ass, as he was going to say. Heat seeker and still. Uh, so, Jaxi starts off then uh, our AW World comedy match to start the show. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, I'll give it like a, a three and a quarter. It was, it was, it did what it needed to. Um, it, it was like, it was really strange because I just didn't really see how this could like work. I didn't see Max losing this, but like at the same time, I didn't see how he was going to win a two on one handicap match. And there, I think there was a little bit of a disappointment. And I think that's reflected in, in my, um, uh, Point scoring for this. Sorry, are we doing out of five? Yeah. Or is yeah. it? As we have done for three years, I'm glad. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a, a quick. I just had a real quick like, moment thinking, was this out of five or uh, ten? Because otherwise, I scored that real low. Um, but yeah, I think the disappointment came from the fact that all before this uh, match, they really had built up like um, what the team, the righteous. Yeah. Uh, like, to be, like, you know, a formidable team that we should be thinking twice about, you know, and taking seriously. Um, and then, ultimately, throughout this whole match, I felt like they became another joke team. So, I don't really know how this has actually benefited them as a tag team um, when they came across so dominant all the way up to lead into this match. Now, I know that they had to, like, change things around because of what had happened with Adam Cole. But there was still a slight disappointment because... They really did become a, a, a joke team um, throughout this match, you know, taking the kangaroo kicks, mm. getting shoved up each other's butts, you know, um, that sort of thing. So for me, again, I'm glad, I'm glad to see that, you know, Max came out on top because that, you know, uh-huh. saved Adam's uh, belt and stuff. But ultimately, I just feel like this did nothing for the Righteous and maybe wasn't the best team to put them against. Um, but obviously, they couldn't really help it with the term of events that happened. Yeah. Uh, Monty, what about you? What's your score out of five and any thoughts? Yeah, uh, three and a half is probably where I leave it. Like you said, it wasn't really, it was It was pretty much a comedy match. It was solid. It was good stuff. But uh, again, it's just like you uh, mentioned. Uh, what, is, what does this say about beating the Hardys, James? Like, does it mean anything to, <laughs> to, be, to beat the Hardys? <laughs> If that's what happens to you, that that team that that you saw, uh, you know, one partner's head up the other one's ass. We, that's the team that be just beat just pin Matt and Jeff simply. So yeah, I mean, I'm with you. But the thing is, uh, I just want to say for Max to get a scoop slam, something as simple as a scoop slam or a body slam over to that extent, it's just again, it's just one one of those things that's still amazing to me is just how good he. He is so far as a face, or just at least having the fans where he wants them. So my point total, everything I liked about this match was really just being amazed at just how easy Max is making it look as a babyface, and it just shows you that he's great as a as the devil, as a heel, and he's been great so uh, so uh, far as uh, a dastardly babyface. It's just kind of crazy how how it still works, even though I don't think his character has changed uh, much at all. So yeah. yeah, three and a half for the match. This is the thing, and uh, Gina as well, get your score out of five. But this is the thing Monty's saying. It's like, MJF's still the same guy, but the fans are just losing their shit. And it's the most simplest of things. And right. It's working really well, you know. 
yeah, yeah I mean words. definitely is working I, I do agree with both Monty and Jax um because you know in one way when I saw the set, the part where you know his head went in the nether regions um it just gave me that like you know WWE FTR itchy powder vibes you know and the, if you were trying to like bring these guys up and they beat the Hardys and like seeing something like that is a little I don't know embarrassing for them I guess I don't know but either way I I expected Max to win this and come out on top and the funny thing is um, maybe a year ago or so I I actually commented I think on the pod saying Max should never turn face because he's just too perfect as a heel but again like you just said James is working so well on him being kind of a heel but also love at the same time still being a face so um yeah the fact that he's he's in that position now i wouldn't have said that a year ago yeah right out. um i'm going to give it three and a half gina what would you score it oh sorry i thought i said three and a half as well nah, you probably did you know i'm i'm old uh predictions we all went mjf so all on five eddie kingston versus katsuri shibata next for or shibata you shibati or shibata anyway ring of Honor world and new Japan weight titles uh this was a fight that was hard hitting but also doing a great job following the rules to the letter it's about earning the win not just getting it both men fought hard but kingston was able to pick up the win he and shabat sat in the ring together after it was over showed each other respect with a handshake and a bow now after kingston left him with shabat's music playing see the sand innovation from the crowd uh monty this is good stuff like i said the story of shabat for anybody to know is amazing so to see him Pay for you match for Eddie Kingston twenty twenty three is good, you know. Exactly, like you said, someone who's uh. Yeah, by the way, AEW is really collecting wrestlers who were told to never come back. <laughs> now that I think about it, when you mentioned it, man, you know they have Soraya. You know, you have what we'll talk about later. You have uh, you know, Danielson, and just uh, it's just kind of funny when you think about it. And then you have Shibata, like you mentioned, a guy who people. At, when it first happened, when he, when the headbutt happened and the stuff happened in, uh, to Okada in New Japan, people were afraid that he died in the ring or could have had injuries that led to his death. That's how bad it was for Shibata. So for him to be so good and back and in shape and just doing everything, he even told Tony after the show that if, if Tony wants to commit, he's down to signing a deal with AEW or whatever. So like he really seems to be having fun really seem to really love what he's been doing in America. And I have, I, I'm just, like I said, it's a complete honor to see anything he's done uh, since that, since that moment in that match against Okada. It's just amazing when you think about it, how far we come uh, in that regard. And then to see Eddie Kingston here, someone who you know has nothing but profound respect for him and for them to go in the ring, give a nice, strong style, solid battle, uh, really, really good stuff from both guys. Uh, with Kingston ending up coming out on top. Because, again, my whole problem was Kingston was giving us great performances for a long time, great promos, but at the end he would lose. So it's it's really, really cool to see him now coming out on top in these situations. And I just hope they keep that going for a while because Eddie deserves it. And uh, I can't wait to see what else he can continue to do with this run as champion. So I hope they keep doing a good job of uh, booking Eddie going forward. And, yeah, you're 100% right about Shibata. It's an amazing story. And anything he does, I'm going to be 100% dialed in to watch. Yeah. What would you score out of five? Uh, four stars. I'll give it at four. It was really good. Four. Gina, what would you score out of five? It's always, like Monty said, it's good to see Eddie actually picking up some victories now. 
Yeah, for sure. I think we've all been itching to see Eddie on just, you know, this winning streak. Um, and I, I really liked this match. I think it was really nice to go from kind of a goofy um, fan fan favorite match from, you know, the MJF match to this, where you just got to see a lot of respect between wrestlers. So it was two different types of matches you've had straight off the bat, you know, and I think it really worked. I really enjoyed seeing Shibata again. Um, I don't watch a lot of New Japan, but I do remember him. So being able to remember these these wrestlers, it was really enjoyable. And again, I think Eddie's just on such a good flex right now. So um, I gave this a four as well. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? What was your score? Yeah, I gave it a four as well. I've been really enjoying both of these matches. Can I just say, I absolutely love Shibata's entrance music. I feel like I get hyped every time I hear the beginning of it. So it's always, it's, I, I yeah, always. If find... anybody knows where we can find that music, because I actually tried finding on Spotify and SoundCloud. So if there's any links to that, please send it to me. Monty, yeah, hook please. us up. Okay, you can get yeah. me Naito's theme as well. All right. So. Oh, that would be great. Um, but yeah, this match, again, I have to agree with both Monty and, and Gina. Um, the match itself was great. It was great to see both of these two in the ring, and they had a lot of respect for each other. So I gave it a four. Yeah, good stuff all round. Our predictions, we all went for Eddie, so we're all on six. Chris Statlander versus Judy Hart for the TBS Championship. Uh, a couple of great entrances there, but the champ had significant size and power advantage, but Hart's aggression helped to even the playing field. Even with Brody King at ringside for support, Statlin was a super for her opponent to overcome. She hit a tombstone, a couple of tombstones with pile drivers to get the win. So the 28-match win streak came to an end. But uh, Gina, what about this? You know, the women get a match, but Judy Hart is so improved as well, you know, over these past 28 matches she's been winning. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm going to admit straight out, I didn't expect her to win this match because even though Julia has been getting those wins, there's not been a big enough significant win to believe that she could actually beat Chris, for for me and my personal views anyway. But um, I, I still think that Julia, from where she started in AEW to where she is now, has improved so much. And I think it was a great match for her. I think it was good for Chris as well. It was a different type of opponent she worked with. But I think they both worked well together. Um, you know, Chris was putting Julia over and showing her improvement as well, which I thought was really good and nice of them. Um, but yeah, all in all, I thought it was a good match. And it was nice to see this women's match. So I, I actually gave this match a four as well. Yeah, there's a couple of moments really funny, like Statlander slapping the mist out of Julie's mouth. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. And again, something kind of not really seen. Um, so a, a nice little shock for, for the fans. And again, we all we all knew, I think, or some of us knew that she had missed in her mouth at that point, And that was going to be her next, like, you know, ploy to take Chris down. But the fact that Chris was just with her and slapped her, it was brilliant. <laughs> it was good stuff. Uh, Jaxie, what were your thoughts? Because again, the only women's match on the card uh, I mean, I know Athena was on the zero, but it doesn't really count. Uh, it's still a good match, though. Yeah, it was a good match. I don't want to take away from it and, like, kind of come across as this strong feminist. I was like, oh, only one women's match, yet again, would have been nice to actually have had, uh, you know, some form of, like, tag match or anything like that happening. But, you know, I digress. 
So um, the match itself was really great. And I have to agree with you, James, like Julia has got to be one of the most improved since she's joined the House of Black. Not just, you know, her personality, um, her character and what she's doing with it, but just even in the ring, um, she's getting a lot more impressive. Um, her matches are actually decent matches. It's not, you know, sort of like jobber felt matches. And I just absolutely love the collaboration with having Brody King there. He looks great in a suit and he comes across so intimidating that he just really adds to the ambience of the match. It's like, will he get involved? Won't he? Um, so I just really like the whole sort of aspect of it as well. Yeah. Uh, you you got to wonder, though, like, is Brody the only one kind of employed full time with AEW <laughs> to come out? Yeah, but we never <laughs> had recently uh, requested to like take time off. I think that was really for it to celebrate his engagement with Rhea. We know that she had recently had time she, off, so I kind of knew that. But, but yeah, she, I don't she know where she refused. She refused. She said, "Bud, you cannot go out with another woman. All right, not even as a manager. Like that's just not on." And he's like, "No, God, mate, not going to argue." I don't think that Rhea is intimidated by someone like Julia. No offense to Julia at all, but you know. But Buddy's a different by Rhea. There's no doubt. We know. We know. <laughs> he probably does the bare minimum. But again, like with AEW, they don't really focus on this aspect of like a, a woman in death. Even with Brody coming out with Julia, it's never like she really does like need him to save her. But like he, he throws out those words of encouragement that continues to drive her. And I think it's really great to see like her progression within the ring. Um, and I do think that Buddy... Malachi and Brody all are play a big, significant part of her improvement within uh, her wrestling um, uh, skills. So, you know, I'm only looking forward to what Julia is going to do next at this point. And if you actually think about, you know, back to her debut as this, like, you know, preppy cheerleader, I can't imagine seeing her go back to that right now. She is on so much of a hype with the character that she's creating that this is what she needs to run with and she needs to go with it, you know? No, I think you're bang on there. Uh, Monty, again, talk about how good Judy Hart, but again, Statlander with the kind of gimmick of the, the, the feeder of the undefeatables or whatever they want to call it. You know, like, I quite like that gimmick as well. Go beating people streaks. Yeah, you know, over, you know, just kind of like over, also being the baby face who just overcomes adversity as champion, being a strong a baby face and not to no shots at Soraya, but it's like the opposite of what you got with the other champion right now who's a, uh, who's healed and uh you know not working as much as we see uh Statlander on a regular basis pretty much at this point fighting all the time tag matches you know whatever she's getting it in and I you know uh you have to tip the cap to just like not only her dedication just but like to the quality because everything she's been doing has been really really good so and then, like you said, you can't help but watch this and just feel like, and that's another thing too, when you're in that position as champion and you have someone who's unproven or at least up to this point was unproven pretty much with Julia Hart uh, other than a few moments, even though she was on a streak, uh, I think this really makes, this really makes Statlander look great also because she just, she made Julia Hart look like a million bucks while at the same time making herself look great overcoming, like you said, the tricks of, with the mist and just being resilient and kicking out of uh, the finish and uh, the, the submission holes and all that stuff that Julia Hart was trying to pull out of her bag, which, again, I think, like you mentioned, awesome. The finish was great. You know, the way she got to her finish was just, just pure strength and just an awesome moment. So, yeah, man, I, I think uh, 
that was a, a really, really impressive match for both ladies. And you kept, you have to come away and just be like, okay, that's really, really cool. And I think you're 100% right at the end there with uh, Julia Hart and this character. You know, I think this is the one time that I know for a fact. I'm not saying they haven't done it in other times, but this is the one time where I know if, whether it feels like the, a faction or just a character change that has something to do with the faction has created a new young uh, potential star uh, in and giving her like a role, something that she can run with for the rest of her career that you wouldn't mind. Like you understand. And then you, they have so much potential. She can be with others. She can, you know, uh, continue to do her own thing or whatever. And just, you know, finally overcome and become champion down the line. You can go many different directions with where Julia Hardy is now. So, and she's so young. So I just think the the future is really, really bright for her and Statlander in the, and where she is right now is in the perfect position. And this is a really, really good match. So I, I thought it was a addition to the show it was a plus on all accounts. So I really was into it. I gave it four uh, stars also. Yeah. Um, predictions, we all went, Chris, we were all on seven. Up next, the Guns versus the Bucks versus Lucha Bros versus Hook and Orange Cassidy to a tag team shot. After a few minutes, uh, Phoenix disappeared from the match. He announced his reference to doctors looking him over. The seven remaining men worked their butts off to give the crowd as many near falls and high spots as possible, so the fans in attendance were popping left and right. There was a long sequence of counters and super kicks, but the Bucks scored the win, Penta, with the BTE trigger. And I tell you the one thing I noticed, I thought the Bucks, have, uh, not sorry, not the Bucks, the guns have grown up, especially Colton. When he came out, he kind of, I was like, yeah, give it a couple of years. I was kind of rubbing my legs and going, yeah, give it a couple of years, boy. You know, and you, you're going to be there. Um, but the Bucks win again. Jaxi, was this the right choice? Because, like I said, the guns, I thought, were really killing it, even though I did go for OC and Hook. So what the fuck do I know? Yeah, I mean, again, I also went for uh, the guns because exactly what you had just rightly pointed out, I feel like, you know, they, they really have been growing, growing into the, their own. And this is the one thing that my sister and I have been having numerous uh, conversations about recently is noticing how much the guns are, are growing into their own person, persons, yeah. um, you know, like separate from, from uh, the gun. And I really think that was the best decision. Like, you know, Billy worked excellently with uh, his character um, and the acclaimed and it works well and it was best for, for them to separate that. And the guns really have had that time to actually become their own sense of tag team you know so uh, in terms of it personally do I think that like the wrong decision was made here yeah because I actually would have really felt the drama that would have come from seeing them uh, face off against the guns again considering uh, you know the history that they actually do have there's like a very strong um, reaction of oh damn because the guns actually like you know win the titles again um, sort of thing uh, that would have been the outcome of this and it's not to say that Nick and Matt don't deserve another shot it's going to be a great match between Young Bucks and FDR again um, but we we have had this uh, before so I just felt like I felt like there could have been another team that won it and I think that that team should have been the gun however this match was really great um, if anyone is planning to watch any of these matches uh, one of uh, this is one of the better matches I would say um, of of the night. Uh, it was just constant and like you just 
all four teams delivered, you know, apart from Ray Fennec, who I was just praying <laughs> actually wasn't like that badly. Yeah. Well, we knew yeah. it was going to happen, didn't we? But like, I don't know if I'm just getting a bit bored of the Bucks at the moment. Like, they're already six-man tag team champions. Like, why do we want more titles? You know, yeah, defend exactly. those, you know? They've got sort of a win of, of Nick Jackson, you know, getting the win to, to face off against uh, Ray Fenix for the international championship. You're just mm. cut, like, it, it didn't really occur to me or, or, or make me think, okay, well, the Bucks are going to win here and win this opportunity as well because... Again, we don't really need it. Like the Bucks don't really need this opportunity, but this was another opportunity for you to have built upon, like the Guns, who are a, a young upcoming team that you could have done well with. They had a great match with FDR before, and I know that they could have had a, another great match, and it would have been one that the the, the crowd would have gotten behind because they're like, will they will they pull another fast one on on FDR? What what if they win this again? There would have been that going into this. Not saying that the the match between Young Bucks. And FDR would be great, but again, it just it just beats the opportunity that the guns could have probably had to continue progressing themselves as a tag team. Yeah, without uh, uh, so scores then, Jackson. What did you score that one? Sorry. Oh, um, out of five, I'm I'm gonna give this a four and a half because I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was hard hitting, so yeah, I'll give it a four out of five. Just disappointed with the outcome. Uh, Marty, what are you gonna score it? Uh, yeah, I wasn't too uh, disappointed. I guess it went exactly how I expected other than like the finish because I definitely also think the guns kind of deserve it, especially where they are now. People thought it was insane when they beat FTR way back in the day, but I feel like what they've been doing lately would make it at least way more believable just with the character work, just how they look, how they wrestle. So, yeah, I think uh, that was definitely a missed opportunity, but you know, I don't know. Maybe we, you know, I don't know if we should be going back to the FTR books thing so soon, even though I know the, the little handshake at the end there kind of, I guess, left the door open for another match. Uh, but I don't know. I, they, they built that one up like it was the grudge match, like we wouldn't see it again for a while. So I don't, you know, for us to come back and see it again this soon, maybe even if it is at full gear, I don't, I don't know if I'm agreeing with that or, or if it's just on a regular AW. I don't want really, I don't know if I want to see that, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, and like you said, the match was fine. They did everything they could to keep everybody going, keep the crowd excited. I give it three and three quarters. I didn't I didn't have a problem with it, but this match, they, they all worked hard, but I, I didn't think it was a great match or anything. I thought it was cool. Yeah, you just remind me of once in a lifetime again. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Gina, what would you score out of five? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything. I I. I'm disappointed the guns didn't get it. I do agree that they are just doing better for themselves, especially aligning with, you know, uh, Juice and Jay as well. I think they're just coming into their own. And I think this is like Young Bucks and FTR3 now we're getting, isn't it? Um, four, so, again... Yeah, four, I, five, six, four. Four, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Well, yeah, again, I don't think we needed to do it so soon. I think we could have put a bit more time and space, like, from that. So... Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I gave it a four and a quarter because I still enjoyed the match, but it's just a shame because I'm I'm not a big fan of mixing, um, you know, tag teams, uh, championships together. And what I mean by that is the fact that obviously the Young Bucks are currently like trios Ring of Honor with Hangman, so I feel like they need to just keep 
champions kind of separate and have stick their own storyline. Yeah, stick to your Yeah, lane, like, you know, it's you... not like they've got a shortage of tag teams to, <laughs> you know, play about with for these different storylines. I don't see why they have to, you know, merge them because it does get confusing for those who don't watch Ring of Honor or um, New Japan or any others like that, you know. So it, I don't kind of, I'm, I'm just not a fan of cross cross belts but that's the same with wwe i really feel like the tag belts need to be separate so it's just like that but aside from that it was still a good match so yeah four and a quarter yeah but four predictions i went i don't know why i went for orange cassie and hook but whatever i was smoking that day must have been very very good stuff uh the rest with the guns and of course we're all on seven still uh, up next so prince nana danced his heart out as he accompanied Swerve Strickland to the ring for his match against Hangman Adam Page. He didn't have a title on the line, so it was all about pride, but the tension was palpable with both men doing a great job of selling the animosity they feel towards each other. The crowd, of course, was vocal throughout as it cheered, jeered, and chanted for whatever was on at that moment. After a little while, the crowd seemed to be turned on the Hangman and getting behind Swerve. The longer the match went, the more you can feel the tide sw- uh, sh- shift in Swerve's favour. Uh, Page did hit the buckshot lariat, but Prince Nana put his foot on the bottom rope and then all sorts of shenanigans. But Swerve hitting a couple of six stomps uh, on the apron and then finally in the ring. And with the, um, I think it's the JML driver, but I'm, don't, you know, hold that against me. And gets his biggest victory in AEW and arguably of his career as well. Uh, so, Monty, as for the match itself, I mean, Swerve is my guy. I told you this on NXT so many times ago. If he's not the next champion in AEW, I don't want to know it, you know? I don't want to know. What were your thoughts on this match? Yeah, man, this is fantastic. Fantastic stuff. I've always been on the train with you. You know, even when he was Shane Strickland before he became Swerve, Isaiah Swerve and WWE, I always kind of knew about him and his talent. I just, again, like you said, he's he's kind of evolved. He's evolved so well and just, you know, he's, he's getting bigger and everything about him has kind of changed from even those days and even the WWE days. So to see what he is now, to see the finished product of all, you know, of all the, the work he's put in and everything else he's been doing, it's just kind of cool that everything seemed to be finally coming together the way it should be and the Prince Nana connection and everyone dancing. You know, at this point, when the song comes on, I'm singing or I'm trying to do the dance with Nana with, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's infectious. I love it. I think it was it's just a perfect combination of everything, uh, all, you know, the way everything has all come together for him. And uh, I thought him and Adam Page worked really, really well uh, together in this one. And, you know, even, you know, uh, and the thing is, this is one of those matches where you you still, because of who Adam Page is, even though I think we all wanted this to go a certain way, you still had in the back of your mind that, oh, wow, Adam Page might still pull this one out, even if you kind of wanted Swerve to get the nod because you know it would do more for him. And like you said, I would love for him to be next AEW champion or definitely in line for it, but uh, we have to wait because you never really know with with the way with Tony, you have to give it time. I'll wait until it's actually on the horizon before I before I say it's gonna happen. But I do think it needs to happen. It's something that he deserves, and it's something that uh, the character and everything else that he's worked uh, so hard for with the embassy and all of that. I think uh, it'll be an awesome moment if he does get crowned one day, and him pinning a world champion is definitely a good first step along the way. 
And um, yeah, man, he was at home. It was just it, everything about this was really, really good for Swerve. And I think Adam Page also, again, kind of like what I said with Statlander, you kind of have to take, you know, all right, now they're at that stage where they're not only great stars themselves, they can make a star. And I think this match is one of those matches we look back and we see where Swerve at maybe this time next year and we say it probably all started with the angle with Page. So hopefully everything keeps, keeps going the way it's been going. I gave this one four and three quarters. It was really, really good. I really loved it. It was a great match, and shout out, uh, just again, I think both guys really did well. Yeah, see, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Monty, I have to agree with, like, everything you were saying. I've been a fan of Swerve since uh, his NXT days. Um, I still can't get over his, uh, like, sort of, like, first entrance music uh, when he came into NXT. So I've always been behind Swerve. Um, I felt the animosity like James said like going into this match like even when you have Prince Nana like coming out and everyone's doing Swerve's dance Swerve came out so serious I felt like how how important this match was for him um you know to like really like prove to everyone like how much of of a you know threat he can actually be um and to see him in this match um face off it was just uh actually really uh great to see um, the progression. Um, like you said, Monty, I feel like um, him and Hangman worked really well together. Um, and I just really enjoyed watching these two go at it in the ring. Um, I really am interested to see where things are going to go for him, but he definitely has to become champion soon. Um, I think that he is on a real hype, and I think that that hype is actually going to keep growing at the moment because hearing the way the, cr- the crowd just all were won over by him throughout this whole match, as you said, the, the cheers for him gradually uh, became like 100% rather than 50-50 to Hangman. Um, and it just like the, the whole match itself just felt like um, like with Swerve pick, picking up a win here, it felt like that there was significance behind this win. So I really hope that they continue to build on this and they don't actually flop like, you know, the hype that he could get and continue to get at this moment in time. So we can score it. I'm I'm gonna do the same as Monty. I'm giving it four and three quarters. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, no, same. Even with Swerve, like whose house Swerve's house, such an easy thing for the, the crowd to participate in, and that's sometimes I think gets forgotten about in wrestling as well. Uh, Gina again, Monty Jackson basically hit the nail on the head there. Just a great matchup. Definitely, and again, I was a fan of Swerve um, before his AEW days, and I was excited on his AEW debut. Um, so I've wanted this push for him for a while as well. I definitely agree that he should be in the future title picture. You know, we're still yet to get a, uh, a per- person of color uh, sort of have that main championship belt. And I definitely would vouch for Swerve in terms of the way he's being pushed. So they need to keep continue that really if they if they do want to make him look formidable for that title picture. Um, and again, I, I agree with Jaxie that this match, I feel like the win gave a bit of significance for Swerve to continue building. So I gave it four and three quarters too. Yeah, four and three quarters across the board. Predictions, we all went Swerve, so we're all on eight. Uh, and up next, John Moxley was back on commentary table to watch really Utah versus Ricky Starks in the next match. Um, this was about the two young stars trying to find out who was best. Big Bill, uh, what... Again, because I watch it at work sometimes, 
And, you know, obviously when you work with people, they might not know anything about wrestling. There's one guy now that knows Big Bill because it seems that he's wrestling every time he comes into like the lunchroom. But, yeah, Big Bill's there. Big Bill! Uh, he showed up at ringside, distracted Utah momentarily, so Starks could hit a Tenodi DDT. A few minutes later, we hit a spear, followed by his finisher for the Now, Gina, I know you're the biggest Ricky Starks fan ever, but did this need to be on the pay-per-view with so many matches? You know, I'm glad he won. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say he wasn't. No, um, I actually agree with you there, to be um, honest, because it, it was a great match. And I kind I like Utah and Ricky against each other. And I think because they're both kind of not in similar positions, but um, both young and, and I think they're both going to like be in this business a while. It would be nice to see kind of an ongoing little feud that always gets brought up every few years or something between them. That would be pretty cool. Um, but did this need to be on this pay-per-view when so many matches were on there? Um, no. Um, and if, if it had to be on there, then sorry, could this not have been replaced with like maybe a second women's match? But um, don't get me wrong. I, I'm always Ricky's biggest fan. But yeah, I don't really think it needed to be on this pay-per-view show. It could have been on a collision. Um, so yeah, with that in mind, I did give this a three and a quarter and I think that's the lowest I've ever rated a Ricky Starks match, but I just don't feel it was relevant to the, this pay-per-view. Yeah, but it means that you're using, see, you're using your talents and you're also listening to your head rather than your heart, which will do you a lot better than picking like Drew McIntyre to win money in the banks and Raw Rumbles and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because someone still holds grudges. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll never be over it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, there was <laughs> a lot of the crowd took a break during this as well. I'm not going to lie. Um, Jaxi, again, this was just like we would have taken a break during this matchup. You know. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, I I do agree with you guys, but surprisingly, I think it was a really good match between the two. Um, so I don't want to like you know kind of beat down on it too much in terms of like I feel like um you're you're exactly right. These are two young upcoming stars at AEW are building and I think that the match itself was great I do agree though I don't really feel like it needed to be on there we could have had a shorter pay-per-view if that was the case or if you did want to fill that match I agree with my sister you could have put you could have replaced it with a women's match so um this could have been like you know a great main event on Dynamite that's mm. that's kind of like the caliber I want to call it because it was a great uh match between the two so I didn't want to take that away from them especially because you know, Utah is also kind of a lot like what I was saying about Julia Hart working with House of Black. Utah is only getting better by having, uh, you know, like the backing of Brian Danielson, Claudio, John Moxley, you know? Yeah. So he can't do any wrong here. And again, I thoroughly enjoyed Mox on commentary. Um, a lot of what he was saying, I was just very much encaptured by and just listening to. So it was really nice to hear him on commentary again. And I suppose that l led into the next match we were getting as well, like having mocked on commentary. Um, but it, it wasn't necessary. So I, I get, I'll give it a three and a quarter. It was a, it was still a good match, uh, but unnecessary, you know? Uh, Monty, we're going to score that out of five. Yeah, three and a quarter is probably exactly where my mind was maybe three but three and a quarter the match was good I, so I'm, three and a quarter is probably really fair uh like you said the biggest problem with this match had nothing to do with the people in the ring or the actual match itself it was just like you're asking yourself why 
you know, it's a long show. You're watching it, and it's just like, okay, you know, this is cool. This is fine. Could have been on Collision. Could have been, like you said, Dynamite. But uh, and it would have been a good match for those shows. But for this show at this time, and even with the whole backstage segment that set this off, it's just like, okay, that the, everything about that felt like, okay, we can still do this next week. You know what I mean? You didn't have to do this for Wrestle Dream. I think the reason why this happened is because what happened to Ricky at their last uh, Sunday pay-per-view. Uh, they wanted to give him a pay-per-view win to kind of, you know, even though he lost the Brian Danielson match and he came out looking great, he just wanted to give him a pay-per-view win to kind of right the ship, I believe. And I think Willa Euler was a good guy to choose to do that with. So I, I thought this was cool, it was solid, but yeah, it was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, well, predictions, we all went for Ricky. It's all on nine. We moved to the most anticipated match on the card, which was Brian Danielson versus Sack Sabre Jr. Now, I'm going to say something now, and don't normally, but if you didn't like this match, you don't like wrestling, right? And what I mean by that is that pro wrestling, you know, but like professional wrestling is the wrestling in itself. This is what the next match is all about. Like I said, like 25-minute long promos and fireworks and Buried Alive and all the other shenanigans is great, but you have to watch this, you know? This is a match to watch. They started off slow by showing off some counters to prove they're on the same level. They weren't going for punches or kicks at first. They're trying to grab each other in submissions, take each other down to the mat, risk control, just all the good stuff. You can see the look of frustration growing on Sabre's face every time Danielson would counter something. The longer the match went, the more brutal the offense became. Neither man wanted to leave as the losers started showing signs of desperation as each attempt to win failed. In the end, it took two running knees, but Danielson was able to get the pin to earn a hard-fought victory in uh, a match of the year candidate. Now, I mean, Monty, again, I could talk about like the kind of wrist locks and everything that happened, but you just kind of need to watch it. You know, it, it doesn't do it justice talking about it in a weird way. No, no, it don't. It doesn't does not do it any justice at all. Uh, this is like you said, it's the definition of technical wrestling. And the, I grew up when I was growing up and getting into wrestling, you made a mention of like buried alive and all that type of stuff. When you're younger and you're a kid, the things that kind of drew me into wrestling were the characters, were the storylines, were the, the nonsensical stuff that just you, you couldn't even believe what you were watching half the time. But I remember growing up also hearing about certain guys, uh, you know, and it also was a stigma. Like, for example, a guy like Lance Storm, they used to always tell you, oh, he's a great technical wrestler, one of the greatest technical wrestlers. But then he also got told, you also got told that Lance Storm was very boring. So it's just kind of funny when I think about what technical wrestling is and how it's literally the, the furthest from that. It's not boring at all. And you can, this is a perfect example. Like, if you want to explain to a new fan when you say technical wrestling, what it is, I would say you can put on any Zach or Danielson match, but this is a perfect melding of these two styles of showing you that this is the definition of technical wrestling. When we say someone's a great technical wrestler, this is the type of stuff that we're talking about. And that is, like you said, hold for hold, reversal for reversal, just showing the, the, the different skills that they both possess, how they're basically pretty much on the same level in a lot of ways. And it, it was every, a lot of times, this is called Wrestle Dream, and it's only called that because of matches like this. The same reason why Forbidden Door the only thing that they, they even tried to sell that show off of was the dream match of Danielson versus Okada. Well, this is the exact same case, in my opinion, even though I know I think Swerve and Hangman also had a lot to do with this, too. But 
this type of match, the, who these guys are, what they bring to the table is why this show happened. And then, like, to get for them to go out there and just basically live up to it easily. And I feel like they, the funny thing about it, this was great. And I, they honestly, I feel like they could probably do even better because I've seen them both go to even a higher gear than this, which is a crazy to think about. And I think this just kind of left me with the only thing I will say, the only disappointing thing about it to me was that I just kind of wanted to see them do more. Do more. Like, I would, like, if you can give me a, the, the 60 man Iron Man type of style from these two guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it just made me think about stuff like that and made me want to book Wrestle Kingdom, like, if we can get Danielson in Japan, do the rematch there, because I just want to see them do it even more, because that's just how great these two guys really are. You're 100% right. I can't really do it justice. I don't have to talk about particular spots or anything. This is just something that if you are a wrestling fan, you want to learn more about pro wrestling, you want to see what wrestling is all about, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson is definitely something that you need to seek out, and it was just great. It was a really, really good time. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of, like I said, for something to live up to the hype, we talked about it. Okada and Danielson, a lot, I, I remember us talking about that match. Of course, we had a lot to do with the injury, but, you know, the show just had a lot to do with a lot of different factors. Okada and Danielson may not have lived up to the dream match hype, but this definitely did, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm so happy that people got a chance to see why I think Zack Sabre Jr. is the best technical wrestler in the world, or at least 1A1B. Yeah, well, but this is the thing. Like you talk about the ease in which both men transitions. It, the perfect thing about wrestling is when two men seem to be attached, and th- this is what it felt like. Like even yeah. the reversal, 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 and you know, just really, really good stuff. And and Gina and Jackson. I say Gina. You know, it's weird. Like Zack Sabre Jr. is a guy that you could be with right now, Gina. All right, that's what you could be with. But instead, you decided against it. Uh, no, but in all honesty, it's someone <laughs> we were introduced to, and he's just an incredible talent that is just going to go. This is a match. You know, we talk about Swerve with Paige and going, hopefully, this is a start. It's exact same thing with Zack Sabre Jr. now for a wider audience. I'm like, let's have him beat um, Daniel Sud at Wembley next year. You know, fucking bring it on. You know, I mean, Gina, has your opinion yeah. changed on him now? I mean, I would. Woof. It has for sure. This match wowed me, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I, I still disagree. I, I would still say no. Uh, he's just not my type. Oh, no uh, offense to him. He's just, he's just too for my liking. Uh, he's listening to this and going, oh, I'm just had a grumpy. match of the that year. I'm going to listen to see if Gina grumpy. liked me. And he's going to go, oh, bugger. She gave a good reason. I, yeah, he's but that doesn't mean that guy. I don't think he's a great wrestler. <laughs> My views on him as a wrestler have changed. I disliked him, but I just disliked him because, yeah, he just wasn't one of my favorites. That's all. Um, but uh, this match really did wow me. It was so good. I really enjoyed it. And I don't get to see a lot of wrestling matches that are technical like that. And I've, I've seen a few from, from Brian, but not to that caliber. And for me, that was that was so good. I don't really have the words to do this match justice. So I'm just going to say I gave it a five star. Yeah, without a doubt. A doubt. I'll tell you another thing I liked as well, and Jaxie, you mentioned this, but uh, Moxie on commentary, along with Nigel McGuinness and Excalibur, yeah, maybe, but they were <laughs> perfect for the commentary on this, you yeah. know? And, the, and again, Moxie is like, get the fuck out of that! And he's like, you didn't hear that on commentary, <laughs> did you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, this was going to be something that I did actually bring up real quick and just say, can I just say it again? I was encapsulated with Nigel and 
John Moxley on commentary for this match. They both were so hyped for this match, but also just going off on a tangent with each other. Uh, it was actually quite entertaining. But again, I really can't do any more or say any more than what you guys have said. I highly recommend if you're going to watch any match on Wrestle Dream to watch this one. Um, like the anticipation for this match really lived up to its name because I was encapsulated from beginning to end of this match. And I have to agree with Monty. I would have liked this match to have gone a little bit longer. I think we would have had like it, it was just it was perfect. But I just wanted it to go on longer. Um, so, yeah, I can't really say anything else to give it a five. Well, like it I said, been... it, it's like a best, we want a best of seven, but Iron Man matches. You know, we want yeah. like six, six hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, could have, I, I really kind of felt shocked that, that we got the pin right there and then mm. when, when we did. You know, like I was expecting for it to go longer. So, um, yeah, hopefully the next time we do get it, if it does come in one blade, that would be incredible. Um, but, yeah, that, that hopefully would go longer. Um, I just feel like these two just have not given us enough, you know. Um, so it, this has to happen again before Brian decides to retire. This really does. Um, it, it, it left me feeling like I wanted more um, out of both of these two. So I have to see them again at least one time. Um, but, yeah, Without shadow without, we all went Daniel Center all on ten five stars all round as well. Next match: Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi versus Sammy Guevara, um, Kosega Takeshita, and Will Osprey. Um, again, this they had a lot going on to it, you know. But one of the things that I found interesting is that I realised that I am now terrible when it comes to predictions because. This was Hill Stable Building 101, and I really um, didn't see it coming, so I was, I was quite upset about that. But the match itself, there was a lot going on, and I don't think they followed the rules. I don't know what the rules were for this matchup, but I definitely don't think uh, we kind of saw what was going on. Kenny Omega now, with losing this match, has lost his last seven pay-per-view matches. Chris Jericho has now lost his last six. So, very, very surprised. You might be here like I'm trying to stall is because I've realised I'm not put the finish to this match, but I'm not going to kind of give it away, you see, because uh, we know exactly what happened here. Uh, <laughs> this is Callis Hughes, Jericho's own bat against him. Guevara able to get the pin for his team. Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I covered well. I don't think anybody noticed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there was no, no form of bitterness in there at all. I couldn't tell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, again, I have to agree with what you just said. This was like stable building 101. Um, and again, I, I'm not. I'm gonna just say it this once, but I kind of saw this coming, James. Uh, which is why I'm very happy with my outcome for this, which was going with the winners that were, um, you know, Takeshita Guevara and stuff. I, I I couldn't see them losing at this point when Guevara had just made such a dramatic turn, exactly like Monty had pointed out earlier. Um, we didn't see that turn coming when it did come. So from, for Guevara to pick up a loss here would actually like diminish the heel turn. Like this this hype needs to keep going because right now we got to remember Takesta is still two up on Kenny. Two, or is it 2-1 now? I'm not too sure. But he's still 2-up. 
on Kenny. So he's on a hype. And you've got Sammy who's on a hype. And you've definitely got Will Ospreay off of a hype from like his win over Chris Jericho recently. So it kind of made sense for them to come out the winners of this, you know? Um, it did. It did. It did. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> Thanks for explaining I'm perfectly I'm why it made I'm sense for the Hills. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. I'm telling our audience right now, James, okay? I'm not trying to drop anything in. I'm no. being an- analytical. Monty <laughs> even agrees with me on this outcome, right, Monty? Don't get Monty involved. It's between no. you and I. No, 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 she's right, though. She's 100% <laughs> right, though. Like, she, yeah. I don't even have to say anything that was so perfect because that's exactly my thought process going into mm. predictions. Oh, I was like, so you married. Just... Are you getting married? Where's the marriage, eh? <laughs> I can't have more than one wife. That's illegal over here. Okay, okay, brother. <laughs> anyway, we are just we're we're just literally like soul buddies, you know, right. like we the American version. I'm UK. <laughs> so it's it's not my fault that you couldn't read into that, James, in in terms right. of itself, you know. But yeah. it it does make the most obvious outcome. And again, the match itself was great. Um, I think. <laughs> I think all three men, Sammy, Will Ospreay, and Takeshita, all looked great um, in in top form of uh, their wrestling right now. So, yeah, this match was great for me. Um, I I think I gave it like a four and a quarter. It was great. Uh, Gina, I I know Gina's on my side here, so I'm not even going to ask what your opinion is. But uh, See, she said she completely agreed. Uh, What's your score out of five? Um, believe what you will, James. That's fine. Um, but no, again, I agree with my sister. I, I knew that Takeshita was going to get another win here. I'm sorry, but Don Don has really established his hatred for, for Kenny. And he literally is like, I'm, I'm out to destroy you. I'm going to get you beaten by just almost everyone. And you're just not going to get a win over Takeshita. And that's the way I see it continuing for a bit still. So, um, yeah, for me, I was happy with this outcome. <laughs> I thought the match was good as well. So I gave it a four and a half. Yeah. Uh, Monty Wicker score out of five. <laughs> yeah, I could just twist the knife and repeat exactly what they said. But, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, man. I uh, gave it overall four and a quarter. Like you said, really good stuff. And uh, eventually, the elite will hopefully get there. Revenge at some point, or at least Kenny will, but I don't know. I think we're going to have, they got to continue to build the family up, whether I like seeing Don Callis all the time or not. He's not going anywhere. So let's just wait it out. Let's see how this turns out. Hopefully uh, we get a good conclusion at some point. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. I'm as successful as the elite at this moment in time, I guess, when it comes to pay per matches. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I went faces, wrestlers. Uh, I don't know if anybody else, you know, hearing it, listening at home realized that or not. I'm on 10. The rest are on 11. Great. FTR versus all the open for the AEW tag titles next. And it's weird. A year ago, a year ago to the day, they were putting on a match of year candidate uh, at Royal Quest, where at event we were for the Sunday, of course. This time a year later, both teams were in AEW, fighting for the titles and Harwood and Fletch. So basic chain wrestling. Uh, we see him score a takedown. The little celebration generates some heat with the tired crowd. Of course, the show surely began on for about four and a half hours at this point. So the fans were showing signs of slowing down. Aussie Open came close to winning a few times. FDR managed to hit the shot machine on Fletcher to retain their titles. 
So Gina, a year after he met them, FTR are the tag team champions. Of course, it was the Open as well. This was a nice callback for how cool we are, you know? (laughs) We've got our finger on the pulse, man, you know? Yeah, for sure. It definitely um, always hits home whenever you see them, and especially seeing them live, just knowing that we had that amazing moment of being able to meet them, and especially the fact that it was on our birthday as well made it even more memorable um so for me i'm just always going to be a little bit biased i'd say but again you know the match was great and i really do like aussie open as well um i was interested in them from watching the g1 um and new japan uh last year i think um so seeing them sort of being showcased so much on AEW a lot more and seeing them go against you know ftr i just knew it was going to be a great match and i really did enjoy it um, so yeah, I think I gave this a four and a quarter. Yeah, I mean, like it's, uh, I've talked about, it's quite. It, it was a tired crowd, Jaxie, but you know these two teams can put on. These two teams are so it's good to see it on an AEW show for a bigger audience. You know. Yeah, for sure. Again, pointing out the fact that we had seen them live, you know, sort of a year ago. Um, it it was just great to see them on like a bigger stage, bigger audience. You know that sort of thing. Uh, Again, this match like kind of did what it needed to, but I, I do have to point out at this point how even tired I was getting mm. um, from watching this. This turned into sort of like a two-day viewership for me because of how long the event actually was, um, and like it was, it was a really great match. Um, it was just a shame because of like I, I think I agree with you in terms of I could feel like the audiences dipped. Um, so they didn't really, it didn't really feel like they got as much of a hype as what they usually probably would have gotten out of a match like that. If you rewatch it back, you'd actually be like, actually, this is a really, really good match between the two teams, you know. But it it was a tiresome uh, pay-per-view, I think. Um, so, yeah, overall, I thought it was good. I gave it a four. Yeah, this is when it when it starts feeling like an escape room, you know, you forget you can actually, you know, you don't remember what daylight looks like or you know certain other things. You know, you're kind of been in in there quite a while. Uh, still not a bad match. And Monty, of course, you've seen these two teams uh, mixing it up, uh, and also the Open, who looked like they were going to have quite a strong New Japan career at the start of the year, kind of jumping ship. So this uh, is this the right place for him? Do you reckon? Uh. Well, yeah, from just literally from the simplest sense because of uh, the way they kind of explain why it happened. You know, New Japan wasn't didn't want to offer anything uh, long term. They, they kind of wanted to keep them one year, nothing really, uh, you know, nothing concrete. And I think Kyle and Mark at that at this point in their career, they wanted a guaranteed deal. So I think that's kind of how it worked out behind the scenes. So from that standpoint, yes, from a creative standpoint, it definitely seems uh, like uh, they've taken a step or two back just because I felt like they were by far the number one team in New Japan, even with uh, Goto and Yoshihashi being the great tag team that they are, or TMDK, you know, but I, I just felt like they were number one there and it could have been uh, one of the best teams in New Japan history. Uh, but, you know, I don't blame them at the same time for wanting something stable in, in this, you know, these days. I mean, everyone, what you want, you know, long-term security. So I have no problem with that. Uh, but, you know, so it is what it is. But 
I must say this. This is the thing that I re- – another reason why I don't necessarily know if AEW creatively is necessarily the place for them is because I don't watch on a week-to-week basis. So I don't know what they've done since losing to Max and Adam Cole uh, every week. Like, I don't get a chance to watch everything that they do. I, I watch clips and I, I catch up when I can, but I don't get a chance to see everything. So uh, I don't know if they've been booked strong since then. But from my point of view, watching them lose to the kangaroo kick – 10 minutes on a pre-show at Wembley, seeing all of that go down the way it happened, and then to think that they would have a chance to actually beat FTR, even with their history and how good I think this match was and how great their matches have been in the past, I think that was the far cry. And that's one some of the things about Tony's booking sometimes where I'm like, do you just think I forgot what I just watched not too long ago or something? But it is what it is. I'm not going to complain because, I, like you said, it was a nice callback to their history with the timing and everything. And these guys have great chemistry. So I, I give it four or two. I thought it was a really good match, but I wasn't as invested because I, just, I didn't really give Ozzy open a chance. And I think that is the part that kind of disappoints me because when they were in new Japan, I thought they were the best team in the world. And I think it's kind of hard to look at them like that now with, with the way they've been booked in uh, AEW so far. I'll give it time. We'll see how it turns out. I could be eating my words in about six months, but yeah, I don't know, especially if Osprey comes over and they, they do their own thing uh, away from the family or something. But, yeah, uh, other than that, I, I thought it was good. I can't wait for Aussie Open Gold. Like, you know, the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, predictions, we all went FTR, so it means I'm on 11 and the rest of the fuckers are on 12. But who knows? Could change right now. The main event saw Christian Cage send Luchasaurus away so he could face Darby Allen by himself in a two out of three falls match for the TNT Championship. We've got to take a deep breath now because there's a lot going to happen. <clears throat> Captain Charisma did a lot of delaying before locking up to play some mind games, but then as soon as they did lock up, he overpowered Allen with ease and forced him to the corner to establish his dominance. The story they were telling this bout was that Allen was desperate not to only beat Cage, but also do it in the front of his hometown fans. The first fall was all about wrestling between the two. You kind of forget what a good like a Cage is until you see him here, and especially with Derby as well. But Allen did get the first fall when he used Cage's own turtleneck against him. It looked like he get the second fall with a coffin drop a few minutes later, but Cage counted with his knees and sent Allen into the announce table from the apron. Cage slammed Allen on the steel steps twice, turned a count out for the second fall, turned up at one each. <coughs> Got to admit, this was really uncomfortable. Like, I knew Christian couldn't get him up for the suplex, I don't know what they were trying there, but uh, just to slam him on there was was really, really bad. As Allen was loaded to stretcher, Cage was seen ripping apart the ring to expose the wooden surface beneath. <coughs> Excuse me. The final couple of minutes was truly unpredictable. Cage hit a frog splash on Allen, where he was on a stretcher and brought him back in the ring as the crowd continued to boo. He hit the kill switch on the wooden boards, but Allen kicked out. The TNT champion locked in the Scorpion Deathlock. Only for Allen to make it to the bottom row. The challenger made a comeback, hit a coffin drop, but he couldn't get the pin. Cage took out the referee's spear when Allen moved out of the way. Nick Wayne ran in, and I hated him up until he took the belt and <laughs> hit Darby Allen with it and realized he needed his new dad. Christian now is his daddy. Uh, Cage got the pin and the win. Uh, Sting showed up and sent, uh, was sent after Wayne and Christian and Luchasaurus arrived. Kind of really didn't much happen there. The lights then dropped out and the music video began to play as man drove a classic car down a dark street. 
crowd erupted as Alan Copeland, of course, the former Edge, came to the ring to film his sound of Metalingus. He picked up a chair, held it over Fallen Sting like he was going to attack him, only turned around to take out Wayne and Luchasaurus. Cage made a quick exit as Copeland looked on with a roaring crowd behind him. Whew, take a breath. Um, Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this? Because this felt like a free stage of the hell match. This was fucking long. Yeah, um, I have to agree with you what you said about like sort of like the coffin drop um, during the second, uh, just after the second, uh, at the first pin. It, it was uncomfortable to watch um, and looked very incredibly painful. Um, I, mean, I, I genuinely worry for uh, Darby's back. Um, I feel like it's going to like cause him so many future issues. Um, and I can only wish him the best. Um, there was so much to unpack, like you said, uh, that happened in this match. But ultimately, like the biggest sort of surprise that came here was uh, sort of um, the uh, reveal of Edge. Um, I, I think there was always going to be an inkling of everyone thinking he was going to head there next. Um, especially after he was sort of done with his run with WWE. But it was incredible to, like, sort of hear, like, a new crowd calling him by his name rather than it being Edge. So that's going to be something that we have to get used to now. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a really nice thing to see. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why they are kind of shoving this young boy who really should be finishing his, you know, um, education and be in school, um, like and he, like I, I'm, I'm just not a fan he's of Nick. His, he's his father. I'm just not a fan. I really am not, and I'm sorry if that like sort of just isn't like upsets people to hear. But I genuinely am not a fan of this kid, and I feel like it genuinely is because we don't need to bring so many youngsters in at that younger age. That doesn't mean to say they can't be, you know, training already and stuff part-time. But, like, you know, these these kids should be going and getting an education and focusing on that first. Like, especially as young as what Nick Wayne is. So, in my opinion, I just I, I don't get behind him as much because I'm just kind of like, well, you are a kid, you're making stupid decisions and this was one of the most stupidest decisions you've just made. There was um, so much to unpack like you talk yeah. about, when you think about, like, even that kind of attitude here at Bonkers of, like, Nick Wayne, he'll mm. turn, Christian winning. I mean, the match itself. And on one guy know. that, like, is, uh, injury, like, brought him in to this place. Like, Christian King would never have even done that in the first place. And, like, and so soon, I just really don't understand why, why the decision behind it is when we could see how obviously selfish Christian is. But, hey, He's a kid, so this is why he would make dumbass decisions like that. Again. Even his own mother just looked disappointed in him. But even yeah. that, you don't know if in a couple of weeks, like he'll be kicked out and then just go back and apologise, like AR Fox. So you don't yeah, <laughs> no, that, that, again, and and knowing Darby being the mug he is, he'll just welcome him back with open arms, like just like he did AR Fox. So you know, this this will be irrelevant soon. But yeah, I just. Uh, was I impressed or, or shocked by it? I wasn't even shocked by the hill turn, but yeah, sure. Um, I kind of went Darby on this because I didn't see sort of Edge making an appearance on this and stuff. Um, but I think the match itself, like, it, it deserves like a four. At least. Yeah. 
like you said, there was a few things. Oh, there's a few Christian fans in the crowd as well, which shows how good he's doing uh, that the fans were on his side. I will say as well, Nigel McGuinness was excellent on commentary. Just excellent. The perfect heel commentator. I always tried to he be was. what he was, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I really kind of like the sound of his voice as well. So, like, I I'm felt Nigel like... McGuinness! Just like that. I, I do just feel like I was actually listening very attentively to everything that he was saying. But mm. as you said, perfect type of, like, heel, you know? Uh, heel comment. Without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, like I said, and again, I mean, we spoke about, I mean, Gina, Edge, we're not going to call him Edge. The rumours are he wants to trademark Legend. And maybe we can call him Ledge from that, or at least have Edge kind of with Legend. Um, again, this is good, isn't it, for AEW to have Edge there? Like, you know, even if it's only going to be for a little while, I don't know how long he's signed or anything like that. Um... But... Yeah, we don't know, like, if there's, like, you know, guarantees there and um, on how long he's going to be in and whether it's just going to be a short little stint or an actual long one. But um, I, I definitely, like, I, I was totally shocked. I, I didn't expect Adam to turn up on AEW, um, at least this soon, because he had been on, you know, sort of WWE recently. So I didn't think, I thought he'd probably take a break and then maybe turn up around Christmas time if he was going to, you know, go for some more wrestling and not fully retire yet. Uh, but again, I, I wasn't mad at this. Um, but yeah, it, it in terms of the match, I I got a bit bored. I was, I was just a bit like tired and I was just like, how long is this going to go on for? And I, for some reason, I just don't know if I actually believed like Darby was going to get it as it was going on. So um, it was still good. Uh, but yeah, I was excited by the ending the most due to Adam Copeland's debut and the match itself. Now, I know exactly what you're talking about. And Monty, you and I discussed this as well about him, if he does join. And as Gina just pointed out perfectly, what not to do after a four and a half hour show is maybe give us a 45 minute main event, even though they did pop like anything for Edge, you know, Mr. Copeland. Of course. <laughs> of course. I think it was, I think it's like a shock too, you know, because again, even if you thought it was a chance of seeing it happen and they moved it to the main event, so they probably added to the anticipation for something to happen because, like you said, for us to get that, that uh, very drawn out dramatic match of, but Darby basically just, getting killed again. I don't understand what their fascination with putting us through this of just watching Darby uh, barely survive a 30, 20-minute battle. And, you know, again, I, I I actually had a feeling that Edge would definitely show up. My, But I, I still went with Darby winning because I was just like, they're going to keep giving him shots. I guess he should win it. And, uh, and, uh, and then he was in Seattle, and I thought maybe Edge could have something to do with Christian losing it, but the way they executed was fine. The defeatist uh, doing what he did, uh, you know, all right, that's that was cool. I have no problem with it, even though it was definitely not what I was expecting because, again, it doesn't make a lot of sense at all. But, honestly, Christian has something about him. I don't know, man. It's something about abuse in these young AEW guys that I guess they just seem to <laughs> really, really love. A uh, very verbally abusive, uh, you know, older guy just telling them what they can do. Uh, it makes more sense, I guess, for Nick than it even does for Lucha because, again, like we said, Lucha looked like he could break Christian apart in five seconds. Mm. 
and Nick Wayne is a kid, so at least you can make the excuse that he was an idiot and he's just young. But, uh, you know, so that's fine. And the match itself, like you said, cool. The step bump, I don't know. I, I'm just – I'm always – you know what? You said it like, the, like they were trying something else, James. And honestly, at this point, when it comes to Darby's matches, I don't even know. I, that might have been a part of the plan for Darby to just look like he was – you know what I'm saying? Look like he's not supposed to ever get up from something because it just happens so much in these spotlight derby matches at this point. I don't, I, you know, and you know, you can only do that for so much before you just kind of numb to it. Like, yes, you have sympathy for a performer, but it's like, all right, okay, we we pretty much expect it to happen now, Darby. You know, not to interrupt, but again, it's like you pointed out earlier, especially when you've got so many wrestlers, like I said, Edge now, uh, Soraya. You know, people have been told exactly the again. And Darby's going, Do you know what? Just throw me on those stairs. And they're going, Right. Like, you know. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, I'm going to jump through a coffin, you know, and then <laughs> tell you after the show, my back hurts. I mean, duh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 exactly. When you have so many people that you kind of have to play, like, we have a women's champion right now who I love, but we already, I think we all know why she's not wrestling every week. Mm like a Statlander or something. It's because it just probably wouldn't be the smartest thing to do. So when you have Darby out here in every almost every match he has doing something like that, and he's gonna at some point he's you want at some point he's gonna wrestle a match and you want you you just think the tape that he has all over his back and body is like a shirt that he's wrestling in. Because he's that, he's, he has me. more tape. He's gonna come out like right. a no, <laughs> Exactly. He comes out wrapped up more every for, for every match. So, it, like I said, the match, I think, uh, four is a very fair score. It started off kind of cool, but like you said, it was long, dramatic, if you, you know, and it, it, it was what it was. But the moment of seeing Adam or seeing Edge, I, I'm never, I'm probably never going to really call him Adam, but I understand how it goes. Edge just, just, just easy is what I've been known. I'm programmed to see that guy and say Edge. So it's just, it's just tough. But, uh, I do think it's kind of cool to see what they can possibly do, even, even if you want to go down the route, route of eventually. Obviously, I think we're going to get a Christian versus Edge type of situation at some point, but that could turn into a Christian and Edge teaming up and doing a run, and that can turn into all types of things. I'm pretty sure, like, I think Edge, after the show, ran off a list of guys he would love to have a dream match or a first-time match with. So it's plenty of potential there, and I think it's great. My only thing is, is that it kind of made me go to WWE and just be like, because after the match, he kind of put out a tweet that he wanted to do more, but WWE just didn't have nothing for him. And I just, I don't understand that. That's just the thing about WWE sometimes when it comes to legends or older talents where I'm like, I get it. You want to kind of move on, even though you have Ray Mysterio's United States champion who's 49 years old. <laughs> you got plenty of stuff for Ray. <laughs> You know, you got yeah. plenty of stuff for AJ still, but you got nothing for Edge. I, I, don't, I don't believe you have nothing for him. But whatever, I, they, you know, that's that's on them. It's fine. I don't have a problem with it. It's just, I just, it's, I'm always just baffled at times when someone comes off and they say they can't come up with anything for someone like Edge. That's all I, I that's all I got. But I do love the fresh opponents yeah. for Adam. Uh, no, I think you bang on about that. But I think the thing is, and again, not defending WWE because, but. It's the the what he's going to get paid compared to how often be used and anything like this. You know, I just don't know. What well, again? We'll see what happens because on Dynamite he said he's going to be there for like eight fucking years. So we'll see how long. Yeah, he said he, he has the future. So yeah, yeah. yeah. he's not. Um, he said he's not walking out of. The, he's not. Even though he thought about retiring, but he also said he want to be here in twelve years from now. Yeah, so we'll exactly. see. So who knows? <laughs> you know. Um, as for the match, Gene, I didn't get your score out of five. So what was your score? 
Um, it can have a four. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four and a half. And predictions, well, we all went Derby Allen. Apart from, I had to check this as well, and I couldn't believe it. Gina. Gina went Christians, <laughs> which means she bitch has done it again. In final scores, it means oh, James, James on 11, Jackson Monty on 12, Gina on 13. Gina wins. Gina, did you win? <laughs> but only one wrong on a 14 match card. You know? Yes, I the G site is real. <laughs> it really is. That's impressive. I'm also just pissed I mean, off. I literally was one <laughs> off. If I had, if I'd have also just gone Derby, then I would have been on the same. So I was yeah, so but bad. You didn't. You didn't. Uh... Shut up, Jake. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Then Gina did it. Get in there, Gina. I've never been so happy that Jaxie lost. <laughs> <laughs> the true feud is between yeah, you two. We are sure, but I'm just happy so to take fair. the crown like the true queen I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and I don't know what anybody else thinks, and again, Jackson probably told me to go fuck myself, but Gina, I think just one wrong on a 40 match card might deserve a bonus point, but it'd be down to Monty and Jackson. So, I mean, you can argue. <laughs> Hold on, where she is on the list? Hold on. If, she, if this was you, James, you ain't getting nothing. You're right behind me, so. <laughs> You're right behind me, so. Where yeah, is Gina on the list? Um, <laughs> you don't know? Where is he? All right, what's... She is four points behind at the moment, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonus oh, point. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like... Screw, <laughs> screw it. Yeah, sure. Fine. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Jaxie's happy with it as well. Yes, I agree with that, too. I appreciate it. There we go. Yeah, there we go. So we'll add a bonus point to the prediction leagues. So before Fastlane, Gina leads the WWE one five points to uh, James and Monty on four. Jaxie's on one. I don't know if I've mentioned that or not. Uh, (laughs) Wow. I don't know if I have. All right. Bonus league. You have. Have I? Have I? Right. Bonus league, Monty on 16, James on 15. Gina now on 13, Jaxie on 11, and AW Jaxie's on 4, and behind her is Monty, James, and Everyone. Gina, all on 3, That's so three. it means with our last AEW Four show, gear. Full Gear, next month, we could all win the league, but Jaxie, you are guaranteed the league win no matter what, so congratulations on that at the moment yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 I mean, at least I got that uh, by me, but as you rightly keep continue to point out, I have a I have a lot to go. So, you know, there's definitely going to be some New Year's revelations that take place, and I need to really up my game when it comes to WWE. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens, like I said, with predictions. But overall, then, uh, I think it'd be fair... Well, actually, I'm not sure. Match of the night for everybody, I'm going to say Brian versus Zack Sabre Jr., unless anybody wants an argument. I agree. agree. Nope. Perfect. Uh, MVP of the night for me is Swerve. Uh, Jaxie, who's your MVP of the night? Yeah, I went Swerve as well. Yeah. Uh, Gina? Swerve. And Monty? Yes, a sweep. Yeah, yeah Swerve. Simple. Uh, and rating out of 10, Monty starts off. What's your rating out of 10 for this uh, show? Uh, 
Uh, it was a chore. I must admit, it was a chore, but it was a really, really good show. Um, so I don't, I don't think, it, I think it was bad by any means. I give it eight and a half overall. It was a, it was, it was good, and it did have a, a all-time classic match and a great moment for Swerve. So I, I think, other than those two matches, though, I will say, other than that, and then watching Adam a uh, debut, I don't think you really need to seek this out. I give it eight and a half. Yeah, uh, Gina, what's your score out of ten? Yeah, I agree with Monty. Uh, eight and a half is mine. Uh, Jack C, finally, what's your score? Also going eight and a half. I'm going to give it eight and three quarters. Uh, the problem is, is like there's too many shows at the moment, too many pay-per-views, so there's overexposure. doesn't feel that special, yeah. not building towards an event. But again, that's something else we can mm-hmm. drill down on when we get more time. So finally, before we go, we're just going to do fast lane predictions quickly because of all fast lane is tonight. Uh, so we will start off with the six-man tag team match, which is the LWO versus Bobby Lashley Street Profits. And Monty, starts off here. Come on, man. It's only one right else. Man. Well, I, don't, yeah, to... I don't know. I've got to ask. Okay. That's Monty, fair. I mean... That laugh was just so evil. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just I I didn't even know about this match, so that's what made me laugh about it. Because, but anyway, <laughs> the Lashley family has to uh, has to establish themselves, continue to start off with a dominant run. I'm calling the Lashley family until they give them a name. Because damn it, they need one. <laughs> but yeah, so we're just gonna go with that. I think the uh, I think they're gonna take out the LWO again. No, fair enough. Uh, Jack C, who are you going for? Yeah, I mean, again, like Monty, I didn't know about this match. Um, I'm also making up all of my predictions as we go tonight because I have not had a chance to think about it. So this is probably why I'm losing the the WWE one um, because I'm making it up as I go. But here we go. I'm going to go with uh, Street Profits and Bobby Lashley on this. And Gina, you obviously... (laughs) I mean... Yeah, I'm gonna. I like the name, the Lashley family. I'm gonna call them that. I'm gonna go Lashley family. I like Soup Profits, and I'll die on that hill if I have to. Uh, up next, EO versus Oscar versus Charlotte for the women's champion. Uh, Jaxie starts off because I know you're a huge fan of Charlotte. Who's winning this one? Well, obviously, that's an absolute lie. So let's not say that again. I am not. Um, but, yeah, I don't see EO losing it here. So I'm going Team EO on this. Uh, Gina? Yeah, I actually think EO needs to win this if she wants to be a bit of a formidable championship holder. And we know that she can hold a belt because she had a wicked run in NXT. So um, I'm going with EO. Yeah, and Monty. Yeah, for EO, EO definitely needs to win. Definitely should win, and I think she will. I just want WWE to grow a pair, let her pin Charlotte instead of pinning Oscar oh, again, you, or sir. or you at least let Charlotte them, or at no, least no, go. No, I agree. I agree. Thank yeah. you. Also, that grow up. a pair and just book Charlotte and EO because I think this whole entire thing is just a way for them to prolong the inevitable yeah. EO Charlotte match that we're gonna get at some point. So I just feel like, you know, I understand that maybe they want to tell a story, but, you know, right the now, Bailey is even overshadowing EO. Right. Right now, Bailey is overshadowing yeah. EO in the battle against Charlotte. So I just feel like we need to go ahead and exactly. get to that point 
Because right now she is uh, so like this is my thing. I hate right now that EO feels so much less important than Rhea Ripley. Like it's nowhere even close how important EO feels the way they're booking uh, the women's titles right now. So you know, I I know at this point Rhea is literally a top star in the company, but I'm just saying like we need to pick up, we need to you know step on the gas with this push, and I just hope WWE goes ahead and just finally let EO get a big victory over someone like Charlotte to really get this run going. Yeah, so we're all going to go EO there. The world heavyweight title is on the line. Last man standing, Seth Frick and Rollins versus Nakamura. Gina, will Nakamura finally get the job done tonight? You know what? I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to risk it, and I'm going to say yeah. I think, you know, Seth has had a good run. Um, He's a, a popular guy. I think he can afford to take a loss, and he's held the belt for... Quite a bit now, so I think it'll be quite refreshing, you know, this chasing that Nakamura has been doing. I think the payoff needs to be he wins it. Um, so I'm going Nakamura. The panic of every the other three of us. The three of us now go. A minute. Why has Gina gone Nakamura? Maybe I should go Nakamura. No. What's happening? Um. I need for for you guys to do that. Definitely not. But I'm just gonna risk it. Jaxie, what are you gonna do? You gonna copy? You know what, James? I'm not going to copy, but I am taking a risk because I actually think that Damien Priest is going to cash in and I think he's going to come out the winner. Um, so I'm going to go Damien Priest. Right. Oh, that's juicy. Mm-hmm. Monty, how are you going to follow that, huh? How are you going to follow that? <laughs> what a risk. I'm going to say that is a risk. <laughs> I'm going to follow it by playing it completely safe. Completely safe. Seth Rollins is going to win. Uh, as much as I would love you guys to, uh, well, not, not necessarily about the priest, Pussy. but it's, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Monty, Monty you got to remember, I am at the bottom of the uh, league. Right. Take, do what you I have to do. Nothing to, I got you're not going to. So, so what? You think I, you're going to get bonus WWE points for saying priest? No, if no, but or why? Like, but why not? Nothing for me, sir. Nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> Good day, sir. <laughs> no, but why not take the risk when I got nothing? Because to I, mostly because I don't believe it's gonna happen. That's really all. It's, that's okay, the only. Well, that's the I, I'm looking reason. forward to proving you wrong tonight. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Hey, Jackson, hey. you can't take everybody on. All right, you can't. You can't right? Can't it's like, oh my goodness! Wait, I might you have a bounce of the G site. You know, and she said it's like a safe bet too. Like you, you're talking about this. Like you just scared. I feel you like I'm this. having a bout of the G site. Okay. Okay. And I feel like this is what the outcome will be. And watch, when we review this and this actually happens, y'all can all apologize to me. I didn't say anything about your pick other than the <laughs> fact that I'm playing it safe. But that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. I'll apologize. If it goes exactly how you said it, I will apologize, even though I said nothing wrong to begin with. I will say. Because no, you're really actually making me, you're making me sound my decision. I... Well... <laughs> Well, I'm Michael say, Cole keeps quoting CM yeah. Punk for some odd reason every time CM Seth Punk returns. Yeah, in. so do not do, do not do that. Do not do that. I do. Please do not. <laughs> um, what, what are we gonna I don't have? think Seth losing, man. No, I'm unfortunately, Seth. Seth. Yeah, I thought about a priest cashing. I did think about that, but because you've done that, Jaxie, I'll leave. So I'm just gonna go Seth straight up. Uh, next match might, won't cause that much controversy, I don't think. Yeah. John Cena. I hope and not. L.A. Knight 
Yeah. Yeah. This is Jimmy Uso and Solo Sikoa. Um, Monty, this is a pretty safe bet, I think, with this matchup. Yeah, man. I think the uh, the delusional tribal chief that Jim Uso has become, he has to take this pinfall here to tell a great story when Roman returns and kills him for all the shenanigans that he's been putting the bloodline in. Uh, and just, I don't even know if he's even really in the bloodline. Like, everybody, they keep talking about it like he really is back. But until Roman tells that he's back, I just, like, he's still on the outs, in my opinion. And, you know, so, because we know how it is with Roman. He's kind of on a whim, even if he is talking on the phone to Paul or whatever they want us to believe. But, yeah, I think Cena, L.A. Knight, I think this would be a big win for L.A. Knight. You get him to pin Jim Uso here in this situation. And uh, I just think it'll be a – I just – this is the match where I think the babyfaces should prevail in this situation. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with L.A. Knight and Cena. I think I think they'll pull it off. Yeah. Uh, Gina, what about you? Which way? I think faces look pretty strong bets at the moment. Yeah, I mean, with the way they're pushing L.A. Knight and yeah. Cena and, like, all the ambushes backstage as well mm. um, that, yeah. you know, the bloodline have been dishing out is, like, they need that. They need to get retribution, really, um, not just for themselves, but for AJ that they took out as well. You know, so I think it's pretty silly not to go with them for this win. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Jack, see you. You obviously gone for Uso and Solo. I would. <laughs> right. Solo Piacino. Huh? No. <laughs> I mean, if you did that one on one, like I actually would see Solo take uh, Piacino. But in this tag match, I do see the faces prevailing here. I think it'd be a pretty certain thing. Uh, talk about that being the main event of the night, but the last match, because there's only five matches at this moment in time on Fastlane, which is going to be so great to review it when we get a chance. Uh, <laughs> undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship match, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus Cody Rose and Jay Uso. Uh, go on, Jaxie. Which way is this going? Yeah, I see the Judgment Day winning this one. Um, I feel like this is going to be sort of a Damien Priest type night, Judgment Day type night. Um, as you said, there's not really much going on at this point um, in terms of like the amount of matches. So I think that like Judgment Day will retain here. Um, I don't see Jay and uh, Cody winning the belts here. Monty? Yeah, the thing is that kind of makes it difficult. It's like, damn, Jay and Cody, both guys have been really protected. So it's like, who's going to get pinned? So I guess that kind of makes you think about it. But honestly, the numbers game has to play a factor, whether it's Rhea, whether it's Dom, whether it's JD, finally earning himself an official spot so Priest can leave him alone because Priest seemed to be the only one who, who seemed to have a problem with that, him at That this overreaction point. for McDonough. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but that overreaction when Priest was shouting at him, and, I, and I'm doing the face now, but he's like, uh, 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 and I'm going, fuck off, JD. Fuck right off. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I think eventually JD will either be an official member or something, probably. I just don't, I don't, I don't understand why they keep, why they're not doing it. He's pretty much helping in every way possible. He, but I think the numbers game is definitely going to play a factor here. I don't know who they'll get pinned, but I think we'll have a justifiable reason for the pin. You know, maybe a Jimmy, uh, a Jim Uso showing up. And Carlton J, I don't know, something like that. But you know, you never know what would have happened. Um, so uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think Judgment Day attacks. If you've watched SmackDown, you can just tell that maybe like they're gonna they're gonna be a little bit pissed off that Jay turned up SmackDown, you know. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't want to offend Jaxie and or Monty, but the real predictions that matter is Gina's. So, Gina, which way do you oh, see this going? Because at the moment, oh. you're in the lead. So, to get this wrong, you know, it might open a door for other people. I mean, for me, I, I just don't see them getting the title. So, I'm, I'm going to be sticking with Judgment Day too. That is my personal opinion. I feel like Judgment Day still need to keep on top of things. So... Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad to say that I am going for Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso as your new tag team champions. Okay. I'm going to take the risk. Like you said, Cody doesn't get pinned. So unless it's Jey who ends in the DQ and I can see this and how annoyed would Roman be if one of the guys that used to be in the bloodline is now tag team champion with the man he faced at WrestleMania. Surely that adds some more stuff into the equation. Yeah. But like I said, what the fuck do I know? But that's the risk I am taking. So that is it, basically, for Fastlane. So I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, and I'm pretty happy. I think that's it now. I think we've done everything with Wrestle Dream and, of course, with Fastlane. So that is it. Don't forget, we're across all social media. Twitter at the Dubna Podcast. I'm at the Dubna JR. You can find the entire Dubna team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find and listen to you? And my monthly pod on the Twitter or the X app, whatever you people call it at this point. Or like you said, in, in your banner, you know, just follow me there. Keep up with me. Uh, my new project, anything I'm working on, they will be released there first. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, I'm across uh, like Twitter, X or um, Instagram at Jaxie Scarlett. And Gina, finally. Same at Purple Pain. And the Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all Google platforms. Send us an email at DublinPodcast at gmail.com. YouTube, another podcast. We will latest clips and podcasts at the same time. YouTube is do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode. Well, if it's all right with you guys, Fastlane will be in two weeks' time. If that, is, if that works out. Uh, because next episode, next week, it is time for Impact Catch-Up. So we will be taking a break uh, from WWE just for a week, just to do Impact, because we've got Bound for Glory and everything like that coming up. But until then, I've been James Rowlands, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scott. Now, Jaxie, you think, you know, all this between us is just banter, but, you know, I really do yeah. think you and I have got a problem with each other, you know? I mean, you know, there, there, there's going to be a one day where it just all blows up yeah. and it will probably be on here and everyone will witness it. Um, but, you know, don't worry. We'll be fine. Well, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be Monty and Gina doing a show and then they'll say, do you know what? Uh, Jaxie and James just had a fight backstage. Uh, looks like <laughs> he's grabbed him around the throat. Jaxie's like, I want to fucking quit. Uh, James is, <laughs> is, is fear for his life. Uh, and we, we've got a review about it. But who knows, you know? Uh, but I'm glad, like I said, three years you're still here. So I guess we're doing something right, you know. Exactly. Um, you know, it's been fun, and yeah, we'll we'll catch up in two weeks, and you know, prove how how right I was about my Damien Priest prediction. Yeah. Uh, also, the mind. Wow. Monty, uh, so I'm giving you a week off, Monty. Basically, unless you want to do Impact next week, it's up to you. Never. No. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing extra. I don't need any more extra wrestling to watch. I'm good. 
And of course, the genius of Gina, the prediction queen at this moment in time. Can anybody stop her? I guess we'll find out a fast lane, you know? We shall see about that for sure. <laughs> yes, we shall see, shan't we? Uh, <laughs> until then, thanks, everybody, and bye.